Hello, my name is John Tonsi, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm Joel Simpson, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Welcome back to episode two with Matt and Bree Coke. If you missed the first episode, be sure to go back and check that out to get the full story with Matt and Bree. So one of our questions is like asking if you have any God stories, but specifically I would like to hear Yeah. bringing your mom, like yeah. how awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. So last, was it April or May, she was diagnosed with uh cancer called MDS. It's a, it's a blood cancer. It's kind of a pre leukemia type of cancer. And at that point in time, uh, she, she wasn't, she wasn't coming to church. Uh, at that point in time, I didn't even know if she, she knew, knew God, uh, we'd never had that conversation. And so when she was diagnosed, you know, it, the reality of man cancer, you know, that, that can ultimately lead to, to death. And so that really got me thinking like, you know, I need to, I need to be intentional to connect with my mom and to make sure that I know where her heart is for God. And, and so we developed kind of this, this relationship that we've been 36 years we'd never had uh, between the two of us. And I was able to share a lot of church stuff that was going on. Uh, I was able to talk to her about um, things that I had experienced her and my dad had both seen kind of the fruit in our lives as far as coming to church. And, you know, they could tell that coming here, we definitely had, we kind of acted different. We looked different. They, they saw the fruit. And so she ended up starting to come to church. She came on Sundays when she didn't work. She was able to just kind of do life with us that summer, this last summer. And in October, she went to Omaha for a bone marrow transplant. And through that process, uh, they had, she had to be out there for six months. And my dad moved out there with her and they were in a, it was called the Hope, Hope Lodge. And it was a, it was a free place that they could stay at uh, while she was going through these treatments. And I got to see, you know, my parents kind of in a light that I'd never seen before. I'd, I'd never seen them really be affectionate towards one another. I'd never seen them communicate the way they did and all that kind of stuff. So finally got to see kind of a, a marriage that they never, that they had never really displayed growing up. And so we had, we'd had a lot of great conversations. Uh, she had gotten sick in the hospital several times and we had a lot of God conversations. And in February, she got really, or January, she got really, really sick and they didn't know if she was going to actually make it. And through that process, we had spent some time together and she was coherent enough and we had, we had some conversations and I, and I flat out asked her, I said, do you believe in God and do you believe in heaven? And she said, yes, I do. And so we had had more conversations. And then in March, we had to call hospice in because she was terminally ill at that point. And we, one of her wishes was to come home and she wanted to, if she passed away, she wanted to make sure that she was at home and she got an opportunity to see the grandkids. And she just, she always said that if, if something happened to her to where she was going to die, that she wanted to, she wanted to be at home. So on March 12th, uh, we were able to transport her back to 
uh, Indianola that afternoon at like two o'clock and we didn't know how long we were going to have with her. We didn't know if it was going to be hours or days or, or how long we were going to have. But that night she was, she was kind of, she was, you know, breathing differently. We, we could just tell that, you know, death was kind of, uh, drawing closer and Bree came over is about eight o'clock at night and Bree came over and she said, would you like to, would you like to pray for your mom? And I said, absolutely. And my dad was there. My brother was there. All the, all the kids were there. Uh, Bree was there and we all joined hands around my mom and I prayed for, her. Uh, I prayed for if she was, you know, suffering to, for God to, uh, just provide that peace and that comfort and, and I even asked him, I said, if you, um, if you could come down and just wrap your arms around her, uh, I would appreciate it kind of thing. And we were all, we all had our eyes closed and our heads bowed and we all looked up. And at that point in time, she had passed away right then and there. So it was kind of one of those moments that God knew that I needed in my life. Um, you know, I know that she went to heaven. There's no doubt about it in my mind, just the way that everything unfolded. I, I, I know that. And that, that provided me peace and comfort that, um, through the last year and a half, our conversations and everything like that, that she had accepted Christ and gone to heaven. So it was really, really neat to see. Yeah. And it was really special. Like there's other moments too, but I think when we were all circled around her in bed and you, Matt always makes our youth group hold hands for unity. <laughs> so, um, he, he asked us all to do that. And as he was praying, I did look up, I, I looked up to see, and cause I felt the Holy spirit in me just be like, I, I don't know. Like I just felt something different. And that's when I was like, let's pray. And then I looked up and when he literally said that, let's, you know, just wrap your arms around my mom and take her home. And I'm like, I think she's gone. Like, and then everybody was like, no. And like, I really do think she's gone. But was, what was really cool though, is in that moment, my dad got to see God work. Our nieces. You know, our nieces, our kids. Yeah. Uh, everybody got to see God work in that moment. And if for whatever reason there was any doubt in any of their minds, I think that realistic picture of God working, uh, you know, sealed the deal for them in that kind of yeah. manner of speaking. So and I it think was just, just really cool. And I think recognizing like before his mom left, she told me several things, but she told our kids and maybe the nieces too of these, if, you know, if for any reason, these are the Christian songs I want played at my funeral. And so mm -hmm. we had them, thankfully she gave us those, but they were on repeat. And I found later on her phone that she bought them from iTunes and was playing them over and over and over. But just like, I don't even know that night and then throughout the next I mean it's still happening but these songs will pop on and it's just like those little signs it's like we know exactly where she's at and it's just her way of just telling us and God telling us like everything's fine like, she's good and I don't know a lot of people like you said don't get to have that like more visual tangible kind of moment sometimes and so that was he needed that and um yeah I think it was a huge gift God gave him and his mom so important to yeah step out in faith and and let others but especially our kids right but yeah. others in our families see our faith in action mm -hmm. and really see and god shows up yeah. in big ways and that's why it's so fun to talk about those god stories here because you know like we get to learn about all these just amazing ways that god shows up in our lives 
and how, you know, to your point earlier is sometimes he's working and we don't see how it's all working yeah. together until later. And then we look back and say, Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. You well, know? Nice one. <laughs> and I think it too, it, it was really cool that in, in that moment of struggle, our kids, our nieces, even my dad, when, when things were tough, you know, we turned to prayer and I yeah. think that was something that they were like, I can do that. I can do that too. Like when things get tough or, you know, I need God to show up, I can turn to prayer. And yeah. it was, it was just, it was really neat to see on like so many different levels. And you think about it, like praying, it's like such a simple thing, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it affects us so much because we're, we're able to speak to God and we address what's on our heart and he fulfills, like he gives us like a, a fulfilling moment, you know, and it, yeah, it's just so, it's something so simple, but we, we neglect that most of the time. Yeah. And I think even if you're like, like you said, maybe it's not happening right in that. Maybe somebody won't experience something like that, but he's working no matter what. And just recognizing that even when you do pray, like those prayers don't end, right? Like, so like it could be 30 years from now, something you pray that's finally, you know, happening for someone in their life. And so I think when I think about it that way, it's just, it makes you want to pray more, right? Like, right. it's just like, keep showing up. So you guys have any other fun God stories you'd want to share with us? Okay, so I do. All right. Pastor Jared, I think when we first started coming, like we, like Matt said, we were struggling financially paycheck to paycheck just because yeah. we didn't have any communication to any of this and no one taught us anything about finances. Like they really should teach that. Maybe they are now. I don't know. But no, I don't, I don't think so. I never learned. I mean, Dave I mean, Ramsey. School of hard knocks, right? Like, <laughs> they need to get that in the schools if it's not, um, because we just didn't know. And so when we started coming here, he, you know, how Pastor Jared was like, you know, just test God, like tithe your ten percent, like even if it's not there, he'll keep showing up for you or whatever. And I remember I'm like, Matt, he's like, we should just do it. Let's just be obedient. Let's mm. just do it. Like we literally have nothing right now. Like, and I was like getting worried. And, um, at that point we were newly, you know, Christians and, um, following Jesus. But so I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to my husband. I'm going to honor that. And so we went and we figured it out. We figured out what that would be coming out of our paycheck and we've done it and we have not stopped since. And mm -hmm. that's been like six years because checks would just show up like, you know, a rebate from, I don't know, something from five years ago in the mail. And I'm like, well, here's a $500 check. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just random moments. I'm probably, you probably have some examples. Well, I think but even going back to, to your story, I think a check had showed up it like did. that yeah. week or the week after or something like that. And, you know, it was just one of those moments that we, up until that point, we didn't tithe. We, you no. know, we, I think we gave like 20 bucks or something yeah, like that. Something. I mean, it was something piddly, but we we didn't take it seriously when people would say that you know pastor barry or jared would say that and yeah. and we did it and we've continued to do it and we've been blessed financially beyond yeah. beyond measure i mean we and be able to bless others we don't have to worry about you know things as much and and god always provides so yeah and then we always like laugh like something shows up in the mail or you know, even if maybe it's not even a check, maybe it's just like others blessing us with a meal or like coming over to stay with the kids or something like that. Like, it's just any time we were like, maybe stressing about something. It's like, why are we even stressing? We know God's going to show up and he always did. So we I forgot all about that. But yeah, that yeah. Cause I was like, 
I'm the more hesitant one, obviously, in the relationship. And he's the more spontaneous, let's just do this and we'll figure it out later kind of guy. And so we kind of balance each other out a little bit. But yeah, I think that's just fun to see over the years now and to be able to now, like, I just got promoted to team lead. And so I think about that differently now. One, how can I affect the workplace? But also, how can I, how can I work that is in a way that God will be happy and pleased with me that I can then ultimately get a higher raise and then be able to gift more, like be able to tithe well, more. And we even talk about, you know, July 1, we both got raises. And yeah. literally one of the first things we said was, Hey, we gotta, we gotta tithe more. We gotta give more. We gotta, yeah. we gotta increase the amount that we're given to the church. And it was literally, we almost said it at the exact same time. We're like, Oh, yeah. we need to increase. We need to keep giving more and more. Go and back more, to that so. budget meeting. We got to re- recalculate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I have a good friend of mine. He's, he's always said, you can't outgive God. Seriously. He, you know, and so it's just one of those where when we, when we really trust in him and just start giving, he, he, he's so faithful and blesses us so much. And, yeah. and coming back to one of the biggest, you know, issues in a lot of marriages is dealing with finances oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. and getting aligned on that. And if, and, and once again, the same thing, if it's centered on Christ and you put him first in that, he shows up. Yeah, and he takes care of that, and so it's such a key aspect in in getting your finances right and per- truly trusting him mm-hmm. as the provider. Realizing like, yeah, there's things that we do and we think so, but at the end of the day, like he's our provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ultimately that makes it a lot easier because you kind of put that responsibility on God versus like, right? Hey, this is a your money, this is my money. Like we're in it for him versus like keeping score, right? Like, well, if you bought this for this, I should be able to buy this for this. And that's Mm. how we were in the beginning. Mm. And partly that's how we were raised. But yeah, so it's like, kind of, he's kind of the like in the center and we just put it all on him and be obedient. And yeah, he hasn't not showed up for us yet. So I think that was a huge, like you said, a huge stress and dealing with communicating on well, top it, of it it went from a stress to you know our perspective towards money has changed because it's well how can we bless somebody else you know yeah we aside from tithing and i mean this isn't this isn't our doing it's god's doing but you know we go out and get gifts for people you know on their birthdays and we yeah. do that kind of stuff just to to let people know that you know we're thinking of them and caring about them and you know obviously all that stuff takes takes money but yeah. we don't we don't stress about it. it it's uh, instead of a negative, we've turned it into a positive and been able to, you know, yeah, bless other people. How can we use what he's blessed us with to bless others? Like mm-hmm. I said, he does it with food all the time. Like most of the time, like, we go to Costco, like you said, and he loads up on briskets or ribs and cooks way too much food and so you know we're calling up or dropping off ribs to pastor barry or somebody you know so yeah maybe it's not money like per se but it's like roundabout you buy something and then bless others but being generous right yeah not thinking about yourself but thinking about other people comes from the heart it's very freeing too like when you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff it's like this isn't something I need to worry about because God's got it. It's just, mm. yeah. Now that like, that's not saying we just don't intentionally follow a budget or anything. Like we don't just, right. you know? Just- yeah. I think one thing, kind of a common theme I'm, I'm hearing just talking with you guys of just the family and community of, of the church 
and how yeah. important that's been in, in all of these different aspects of your life and, and going through that. And, and, and that's really what we want to continue building more of is how do we keep building those deeper relationships mm-hmm. within the church? Because we're supposed to be here for each other. Yeah. Right. And, you, you know, coming back to you were talking about, you know, we try to portray this. We got it all figured out. Right. Yep. And real relationships happen when we're vulnerable of about what's real in life, not just, you know, what's going right. And a church should be the safe haven, but we're not always good at, we think we're going to let people down yeah. or they're going to think about us differently and different things. And you know, that's why it's so important to really invest in those relationships. And that's, you know, one aspect that we hope with this podcast that it gives opportunities to build those deeper relationships to realize, hey, we're all going through things. Let's go through things together so we can help each other and be real and, and really work through those. And, and as, as a body of Christ, work together to support each other in those things. It's so, so important. God didn't create us to go through all this alone. Yeah. I think that's where we found out. Like our first life group was, we were new to the church. I don't even know how far in we were, but we went to that life group and we walked out the first time and we're like, we're like semi-normal people. Like everybody struggles with the same thing we do. Cause ultimately we didn't have that community or that, you know, we had our families. And at that time he, you know, I don't know if you're working nights still, but like we didn't have that community around us to support us and like anything mm. we were going through in life. And so we did it on our own. And a lot of that, like we didn't have people. So people didn't know what we were going through and they couldn't be there to support us and be um, in this life together. And so we walked away. We're like, okay, we're not so, you know, odd as we thought, like everyone struggles. We're not struggles. as broken as we thought we <laughs> <Yeah>. were. <laughs> and it's, it's exciting to know that uh, you can go to people when you're having tough times and, yeah. and also to go when you're, when you're having victories too. So yeah. I think it's, I think our church here does a really, really good job at, at connecting because there's different people for, you know, different things. You know, I talked to Gail and Sue Morris are ones that I can think of that they've got a great marriage. You can tell yeah. they've got a great marriage. You can tell that they love each other and that they love God and, and you could just, you can see different people in different areas that you can relate to in your life. And it's, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to do, do life with each other. I know that's what life groups are all about. And I think the church does a really good job with it. So, yeah, I think that's where the vulnerability starts to come in of being able to really start to get to know people and connect. And mm-hmm. with us leading that class, that was what we wanted to show up. Like that ultimately was one of our goals. It's like, we just want to be us and we want to be authentic and we want to show up, be vulnerable, be transparent and just see what God will do. And I think he really did bless a lot of people that wasn't on our doing. We just were being obedient. That was totally God, but I'm excited now after getting to know more of those couples in that class to get to know them outside of the class, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that is really where the fellowship is going to happen and where it's just going to be where we see God continually show up like within their families. And then it's just, then they're going to inspire another family. And when it was neat too, to see that based off the feedback that we got, that you know, marriage is an area that, that people are excited about it. They, they see a, yeah. a need for it in the church. And that's kind of what makes us excited about, you know, the marriage ministry here in yeah. the future. So, so where do you see this going from here with marriage ministry? I really like, 
and I've talked to you about this too, but like I could see where it, it turns into just being the support for couples to be able to help them work through like a tough season or like everybody's been there for us and it doesn't matter how we show up. We just show up and they show up for us. And so just us being able to be that couple to be like, we're here to listen. We see what you're going through. We know exactly how you feel like being able, I feel like once you go through something, you kind of have the ability to recognize or maybe notice what people are going through based off of like our own experiences or our own story. And so being able to show up for people, you know, in good times and more difficult times, I feel like hopefully that we can inspire them to want to improve their marriage and ultimately repair and not just replace. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be really neat to, um, you know, establish some sort of, you know, marriage retreat or conference or something like that, where um, not only just the people within our own church, but hopefully, you know, other churches that maybe don't offer something, you know, within their church as far as marriage or whatever that, you know, we would be a a place that they could come to and, and maybe uh, get, get some, you know, guidance or, or uh, encouragement to where they wouldn't necessarily get that at their own church. So I think this could be an outreach to not only within our church, but to other churches as well. So, and I think that's, that's exciting. That's, you know, that's truly, you know, building the kingdom. Yeah. Marriage is such a foundational piece to our life. Um, And not everybody's married and realize, you know, like, you know, for anybody that's listening, that's not married, like, that's okay. But thinking about your family, that's, marriage is your first foundation mm-hmm. and it impacts how you know, you raise your kids mm-hmm. how you interact with other people how your relationships interact all of that and, and many of those issues with relationships parenting different aspects of that can be traced back to marriage issues mm-hmm. yeah so it really is a critical ministry that the community needs in all aspects to to help build strong marriages which then help build stronger relationships and, and families overall. Yeah. yeah. As far as that goes too, one of the things that we talk about on kind of a regular basis is just not that what our parents did was wrong or anything like that, but the things that could be improved or the areas that we, we see now as adults that, that could have been better is changing our family tree for our kids and then their kids and their kids as kids. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a a generational thing. And that's, what's kind of exciting is if you can, if you can impact people now, you know, how that transitions through, you know, the different generations kind of thing. So, yeah. And I think that's part of us as youth leaders too, is yes, we were super passionate about marriage, but how can we show up as a couple and be able to inspire the youth because we don't know where they come from. We don't know their household and how their parents' marriage might be, or maybe they aren't married or so being able for us to show up as an example of what Christ in the center of a relationship of a marriage is, and then how they can, if they maybe don't come from a home that that's displayed, like how they can kind of be inspired by us, hopefully 
to create or go after, you know, looking for a relationship with a godly person versus like, we're, we're basically, we're trying to like inspire people on not making the same like mistakes that we right. did, you know, like right. what we've learned from, we want to try to inspire them or help them, save them from like making the same mistake. Right. You know, we were literally this close to throwing in the towel and I reflect daily on what my life would be had we done that, you know, how differently our life would be, our kids', kids lives yeah. would be, uh, had we not made that decision to follow Christ and to make the good changes in our marriage, like how differently it would be. And I mean, I think about, you know, you talk about impacting kids, you know, think of the hurt or the issues or, you know, the, the loneliness that they would feel if, if we were split up. And I, I do think about that daily and how, how our marriage or lack thereof would affect them. Yeah. Well, and I think ultimately we know we're not perfect, right? Our marriage isn't perfect, but us continually being intentional, showing up for each other in our marriage and like displaying, you know, we're going to argue, we're going to disagree, but giving the kids the security of knowing that's not going to be the end, right? Like we can teach them life skills of not everything's, you know, unicorns and rainbows. It's like people do have conversations and make it to the other side, make it to the other side. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause my parents are divorced and I grew up that way. And it was like all or nothing. Like there is no, I, I just lack the security or the safety. And so I tell him all the time, I'm like, I love that you make me feel secure and safe. And it's not because you're a police chief. It's just because you love me. Like, and, um, so I think displaying to our kids of like going through the different seasons and difficult Mm. or happy ones that they don't have the worldly perspective on how to deal with difficult things. And maybe it's, because I see it more often in my career field, but you know, there's, it's not just Indianola, it's not just, you know, Des Moines or, I mean, adultery, those types of things, they happen very often. I mean, and those are a lot of, those are a lot of root causes to a lot of other issues that people have that, you know, lead to, you know, criminal behavior and all that kind of stuff. And to see that kind of stuff, it's like, man, I need to do my part to, maybe help people see the other side of things that maybe they necessarily haven't seen in their life. So yeah. Kind of teaching them what they might not know. Right. Like might not know the resources. They might not know Jesus. They might not know, you know, you can literally turn to the Bible and it will teach you the direction on what God intended marriage to be and what families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like that would ultimately, like you said, reduce the number of, you know, suicides and kids. Like, I feel like it's not just a Indianola thing. It is a worldwide thing that, mm-hmm. yeah, we're super passionate about being able there, there to need share to be, that. There need to be more marriage cheerleaders because yeah, there's a lot of things in the world that are tearing marriages apart. And I think that's, that's our passion behind it. That's, yeah. that's why we're excited to do this. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't go to your marriage class. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, Shame on you. <laughs> you missed a good I, one, apparently. <laughs> we wanted to go to it. It was just 
things happen, you know? Yep. And I was joking with Joel and several, and I was like, I don't have problems. Like, I don't need to go to this marriage class. And, but I mean, that's not true. Like we, we all need yeah. that, you know, we need to go and we need to be intentional on working on our marriage and building the communications that we, we ultimately, we all lack. Yeah. So it's funny at work, like I'm all about continuous improvement. I'm like, it can always be better. It can always, and I always have like super lofty goals on where we're going and, and how great it could be. And I'm never like, you know, satisfied. Yep. And, you know, but then I look at like marriage or, you know, family and different things. And it's like, we should have that same thing just because we're not having problems doesn't mean it can't get better. Sure. Yeah. We should always be investing on how do we make it better? Because I bet there's a lot of people that think oh, our marriage is fantastic. And I was one of them. Like yeah. our marriage is great, but it, God can show you that it can be so much better than we can even imagine. Right. Exactly. Right. And why wouldn't we continue to pursue that and invest in that and, you know, grow that, that relationship because it's such a foundational piece for every other area of our life. And so it's really worth investing in regardless of where your marriage is at, how great it is, or maybe how not great it is. It's a worthwhile investment to make it even better because God really had, has something truly special in mind for what marriage can be. Mm -hmm. And I think many times we sell ourselves short. Well, I think we, we saw that as evidence to some of the testimonies that we got from the classes. There were people that went to that class were like, you know, we don't have any issues but you know, it's a tune up and pulling them at the end of the class, they would say, well, you know, we didn't think we had any issues, but man, it was, it got so much better as we went through the weeks because, uh, we were being intentional. We were taking the time. We were having those conversations outside of the class. Um, you know, sending questions home to talk about those conversation starters that, you know, some of those people maybe never had some of those conversations before that, you know, they've been married for, 15, 20, 30 years. And maybe they'd never been that intentional with their spouse about some real conversation. And it kind of forced them to not necessarily dance around it, but to just kind of tackle it head on. So, yeah. And I think some of the homework that we sent, some of the response or feedback that we had was, um, that they loved those questions because they were more vulnerable that they could talk about on the way home or that night. Um, after the kids were in bed or whatever, but they, they were like, we, we would have never felt, um, comfortable enough to be that vulnerable without having that like Kickstarter question. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, then it spiraled into a three hour late night conversation. And, but they ended up feeling so connected that they were able to just, kind of take their marriage notch up just a little bit. Right. And like you said, some, some might've been there that were on the verge of a divorce and some just been married 40 years and needed a refresher because life gets busy and grandkids and kids get in the way. And so just taking that intentional time to do an hour class for eight weeks on a Wednesday, like I, we have seen so much fruit from that and yeah, we're excited to see wherever this takes us, I guess. <laughs> I'm excited to see it too. I think God has great things in store and there's there's a ton of opportunity and, and, a, and a big need for sure. And as you mentioned, a, a great ministry tool to be a witness as well. 
not just to help build relationships, but also be a witness and, and share the gospel and build the kingdom. So, and not only that, but be a witness to our children. Absolutely. You know, um, you talk about like the pattern of following what your parents did and mm-hmm. then you're laying that foundation for them and they can see what, uh, a healthy like real relationship is and you know that you're affecting their life in the future yeah we want them to ultimately save them you know save them from making any of those choices that might not be in the direction that god intended for them and so being able to help them recognize or teach them to guide them in a way that jesus says to to you know just I mean, give them the best life God intended them to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like the greatest joy as a parent is to be able to see what he does in their lives and how, you know, how I think Jared said, like just involving your kids in ministry. Yes, that was their career. But we think that way, too, of like if there's an opportunity to show up to help with youth or mm-hmm. the kids nursery or like just showing up and being there for those other people in the church or other kids or other marriages. I think that that gives us, um, just, it's just going to bring us more testimonies of what God can do. So one last fun question. What is a favorite or recent book, podcast, or movie? Say this podcast, say this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to say this podcast because to be completely honest, I haven't watched uh, movies, podcasts, or music, really, because we've been so busy. There was a class here on the Driven by Eternity. That one changed. That is a good one because I feel like with all the parables in there of, like, I think I'm a good person, but it doesn't, like, if you've got unforgiveness or something in your heart, like, I don't know. That book, like, changed my desire to just get to know everything Jesus says about heaven or hell. Like, like that was a good book. Mm-hmm. So I, I listened to uh, one extraordinary marriage podcast. It's really good. It's, it's biblically based. It's, I mean, it's really good material. It's not, it's BG. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's not worldly or anything like that. And it's, it's sound. And they, you can just tell that they have kind of the same passion uh, that I think we have for what marriages can be. And so it's kind of exciting to listen to them as kind of uh, role models, not necessarily to to be like them, but to just share the same passion. So, Well, thank you guys for joining us. It was great to yeah, sit for down and talk with you yeah, and learn more you. about your story and how you're comfortable.